Oral questions by members. Leader of the official opposition. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, over the weekend, we saw emergency rooms in Clearwater, Shetland, Port McNeil closing amid an ongoing crisis and in healthcare and chronic staffing shortages that are plaguing our province under this NDP government. This is happening dozens of times in communities right across the province as a result of the incompetence of this government. And yet, in spite of this crisis in healthcare, last week the NDP proceeded with what only can be described as a total joke of a business case trying to justify this Premier's billion dollar vanity museum project. All the critical information, a third of the pages, were blacked out. They censored the risk assessment, the value for money analysis, even the construction costs. Now, why is this important? Well, because part of this billion dollar boondoggle includes a $225 million archives and collections building currently under construction in Colwood that's already a year behind schedule and almost 30% over budget, putting this entire boondoggle on track to be the most expensive museum in North American history. So my question to the Premier is, can the Premier not see the absurdity of plunging forward with this billion-dollar vanity museum project at a time when emergency rooms are shutting down and one out of five British Columbians cannot even access a family physician? Minister of Health. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And this morning, of course, uh, the Premier was in Burnaby, where he broke ground on the new Burnaby Hospital redevelopment. Uh, $1.3 $1. billion in a plan that had been delayed year unto year unto year under the previous government. As the members, as the, as members of this House know, in 2002, the, government, the previous government announced its first business plan for the St. Paul's Hospital, and they were at pre-business plan stage in 2017, a hospital which had serious, to say the least, seismic issues, Honourable Speaker. We're preceding the, that plan and building that hospital. <laughs> Honourable Speaker, we're proceeding with a second hospital in Surrey. Honourable Speaker, I know the Leader of the Opposition is opposed. We're proceeding with the Lionsgate Hospital Project, a project with which the Leader of the Opposition is Members. no doubt familiar. We're proceeding in Richmond. We're proceeding in Dawson Creek. We're proceeding in Terrace. We're proceeding in Prince George. We're proceeding in Quinnell. We're proceeding in Fort St. James, Honourable Speaker. Yes, indeed, we are. We're proceeding in William Blake. And in Cowichan, Honourable Speaker. What it says is, the priority this government, the unprecedented priority this government has given to hospital capital projects is without equal, Honourable Speaker, and picks up projects that were delayed year unto year unto year under the previous government. Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. What they're proceeding with is what they're really good at. More announcements. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Everything, everything but actual results. In fact, I've got, 
members. So for the benefit of the health minister, I have members an on this on this hospital from 2019. Actually, according to that announcement, it was supposed to be under construction last year. Instead, instead, like like all the projects, it's four years behind schedule. But look, British Columbians need help today. Not empty rhetoric. Not empty health care facilities, which the one they're building will be if they keep proceeding the way they're going. And not, certainly not, the Premier's poorly thought out vanity project that will take nearly a decade. Closing this museum in September makes absolutely no sense when design work doesn't even begin for two years and construction is at least four years away, probably longer knowing these characters. The harm to tourism, by their own reckoning, is over 200 million a year and 531 lost jobs every year for eight years. Now, I oversaw the construction of a project called the Canada Line in less time. And that was one of the largest members, infrastructure projects members, in the order. history of the province of British Columbia. And Mr. Speaker, I would remind the members opposite that that included 16 stations, two bridges, and over 19 kilometers of tunnel. So I have a simple question for the Premier. Why will his billion-dollar boondoggle take nearly a decade, and why is the Premier in a rush to shut down a perfectly good operating museum that can help the tourism sector today and in the years to come? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable, Honourable Speaker, we know, for example, that the city of Surrey has needed a second hospital for years and years. We know the Leader of the Opposition opposes a second hospital in Surrey. And he did more than that, Honourable Speaker. He did more than that, Honourable Speaker. Land was purchased, Honourable Speaker. Land was purchased in Surrey for a second hospital. Who sold the land? He did, Honourable Speaker. He was so against a second hospital for the people of Surrey that he tried to deny it for eternity, Honourable Speaker. Fortunately, Honourable Speaker, fortunately, Honourable Speaker, there's a different government. They sell the land, we build the hospital. Leader of the Official Opposition, second supplemental. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. A fascinating diversion, considering my question was for the Premier, or at least the Minister responsible for the file. Uh, but, you know, I know that uh, Minister of Health loves taking walks down memory lane. I just will simply remind him, he won't like this. They never do. But they built a 19-story tower, VGH tower, some might remember, in the 90s. It sat empty for 10 years because there wasn't any workers to fill it. 
That's the problem. They don't know how to manage a system. They don't know how to get big things done. But my question is actually to the Premier. Or, or to the Minister, but to the Premier, the Minister responsible. British Columbians, British Members, Columbians let's hear are the question. looking for help today. Mem members, members, order. Please continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, projects like the Canada Line, for example, have real business plans. The Premier's Vanity Museum project is, of course, just the latest in a series of really terrible NDP capital decisions. Now, already, as I mentioned, the Archives Building is already almost 30% over budget and a year behind schedule, and at $225 million is on track to be the most expensive Archives Building in North America for certain. But just next door in Alberta, interestingly, they're doing a full renovation. No, you'll like this. You'll like this, members. Members, members. Just next door, Mr. Speaker, in Alberta, they're doing a full renovation of the Glenbow Museum. And like our museum, it's identical in size, 250,000 square feet, more than half a century old. It also needs renovation, asbestos removal, structural upgrades, modernization of exhibits, and, of course, the protection of its, of its archives. It's near identical in size and scope, and they're doing it all for $120 million in less than half the time it will take the NDP to go ahead with this billion-dollar boondoggle. So my question to the Premier is this. Why is the Premier moving forward with a totally flawed decision to tear down a perfectly good building, spend a billion dollars on a project that nobody wants and nobody asked for, at a time when British Columbians cannot get access to a family doctor and when their local emergency departments are closing down every other day. Minister of Health. Members. Members. Members will come to order now. Members, we are not going to proceed until we have quiet in this. And member can only, minister can only start talking when minister is recognized. Minister of Health. Well, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. And I'm very, very surprised to hear the leader of the opposition talk about primary care. He will recall his plan. He will recall his plan, Honorable Speaker. He announced it in 2010. He said everyone would have a family doctor by 2015. The plan collapsed within a few years, Honorable Speaker. The collapse, Honorable Speaker, he promised 160 members, 160 integrated primary care community plans. He delivered zero, Honorable Speaker. Now, Honorable Speaker. Now, Honorable Speaker, it's, it's possible. It's possible, Honourable Speaker. Members, It's please possible, continue. Honourable Speaker, that someone will tie zero for 160, but no one will ever beat it, Honourable Speaker. <laughs> no one will ever beat it. I, I, 
What we're delivering on, Honourable Speaker, is action now, Honourable Speaker. 602 new nursing positions in BC, the largest family residency program in Canada. A thousand people working at primary care networks. In other words, Honourable Speaker, doing the work, not just making announcements, but doing the work, Honourable Speaker, required working with our family practice doctors, with our nurses, with our nurses practitioners, with our communities to bring improvements, Honourable Speaker, and to address the challenges facing primary care. That's how you get things done, Honourable Speaker. It's not by shouting loud and making pre pretending about the past. It's taking action, and that's what we're doing. Opposition House Leader. Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Well, well perhaps we'll, we'll try again here uh, to ask a question to and maybe get an answer from the minister responsible for this $1 billion uh, vanity muse museum project. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you this much, Mr. Speaker. No one believes the explanations and the excuses uh, about this $1 billion vanity museum project. Even the heavily redacted business case that was released recently says uh, on page three of, the, uh, of Appendix F that the museum is in good condition. But let's, let's, take, let's take another look at the tale of two uh, similar museum uh, revitalization projects. You've got the Glenbow uh, Museum in Calgary and the Royal BC Museum here in Victoria. Both are 250,000 square feet. Both are about 50 years uh, in, in vintage. They both need upgrades and renovations and asbestos removal. They both need enhanced protection of their collections. They both need modernization of their exhibits. But here are the key differences. One of those museums, the one in, in, uh, here in, in Victoria, is, uh, is going to cost $1 billion and take eight plus years, probably 10 years under, under this government based on their track record, whereas the, the project that's very similar in Calgary is going to cost taxpayers $120 million and it's going to be built in four years. How can the Premier spend a billion dollars on a vanity museum project when a similar museum revitalization project right next door in Alberta is being built for a fraction of the cost, for a fraction of the time. They know what they're doing. Minister of Tourism, Arts and Culture. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. First of all, it's always a bit rich listening to the BC Liberals take an interest in protecting museums when they did nothing. Going back to 2006, they knew all along that there were seismic risks to the People's Museum, the building that carries 7 million of our artifacts, 27 kilometres worth of our archives. They were prepared to take the risk to have it wiped out. That was a choice that they made then when the, the leader flew in here with his commitment to cut this project, the first thing that he would do to take the risk to wipe out our history. I, I want them to eat a few of their words. So what did Angela Williams, the former RBCM chief operating officer say? She served the museum between 2003, when they were on this side, up until 2018, when they were on this side, 
And this is what she had to say. She said, on the work of the redevelopment of the Royal BC Museum, which began in 2011, the Liberal government of the day knew what we were doing. They directed them to do it. So I find it a bit disheartening now that the current Liberal opposition appears not to remember that. And you know what's even worse, Honourable Speaker, is how insulting their words are to the public service who have worked for a generation and a half, a decade and a half, to do the work to demonstrate Issue. It's, a, it's an insult to the public service members, who members. did the work over a decade and a half to tell British Columbians through the business case that we came forward with in full transparency. I know the members opposite have an allergic reaction to transparency, but we're going to be committed to this project because it's the right thing to do. Opposition House Leader Supplemental. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. You know who's insulted is the public of British Columbia. And, you know, and, and as I said a moment ago, nobody believes this minister. Nobody believes the government when it comes to this project. All the excuses in the world, no one believes it. Treasures for generations, 2018, $150 million upgrade of the existing building. That, that, was, uh, that made sense in 2018. The, uh, the, the minister's mandate letters in, in 2019, 2020, 2021 all refer to a modernization of the existing museum, of the existing location. But suddenly now, the entire building needs to be taken down and, and a gaping hole left in downtown Victoria. And the minister talks about, uh, talks about the seismic concerns. Fair enough. But that's not what it actually says in, the, in her own business case. As I said in the appendix, it refers to this building being in good condition. And lastly, we prioritize the safety over children when it comes to seismic upgrades. Schools should be done before this building. At a time, at a time when our health care system, at a time when our health care system. Members, members, let's hear the question. Continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. At a time when our health care system is massively understaffed, at a time when British Columbians are struggling to access the primary care that they need, one in five don't have a doctor, at a time when British Columbians are struggling to make ends meet, how can this government continue to press forward, continue to double down on a $1 billion vanity museum project which no one in this province asked for and no one in this province wants? Minister. Members. Minister. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. So I believe I've illustrated the value of the museum. It, it, it houses the collection. It they, can, they can laugh at what's behind the walls of those museums, but that is our collective history. And tell all the people in these chambers. Members. Members. 27 kilometers worth of archives behind those buildings, two floors or below sea level. They don't mind taking the risk of wiping that out. We can't commit on our move forward in our commitment to repatriation because of the way the building's structured. We can't return poles. There's a lot of work that we need to do to make the building safe. But let's not forget that there is accessibility issues, there's seismic risk, and to the member opposite, 135,000 kids go to that museum every year. 73,000 visit the IMAX. For all of those Members. reasons, that is the reason why our government is moving forward to modernize the Royal BC's museum 
to bring it into the 21st century, to be built with mass timber, to support jobs, to support our clean and green economy. There's a number of reasons why this is the right thing to do. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Leader of the Third Party. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. It would be cold comfort for anybody from the public tuning in to see if there are any solutions to the overlapping crises that people are facing in BC today. Instead, we're getting a government that loves nothing more than blaming others or patting themselves on the back for recycled capital announcements when previously announced ones sit empty with no staff. We have child care centres that have no CEs. We have schools scrambling for teachers and EAs. And our crumbling health care system lacks the doctors and nurses to do the actual care that people need. In Kamloops, people are being offered an appointment at an urgent, at an urgent and primary care centre 14 days from now. Emergency departments in Chetwind, Clearwater, and Port McNeil were closed this weekend due to staff shortages. And where emergency departments were open, people could expect five, six, seven, eight-hour waits. Our provincial health care system is showing signs of collapse, and the government's ribbon-cutting and gaslighting is not helping. And their own premier today admits, he said today, the system is teetering. My question for you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Premier. We've seen and heard this government point everywhere else for the problems that we're facing with our health care system. The Premier said he needed a majority to get politics out of the way. When is he going to demonstrate the leadership that he promised British Columbians? Minister of Health. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And uh, with respect to the challenges facing our health care system, as we deal with two public health emergencies and continue to do so, which have a significant effect, as everyone knows, on staffing in health care. Last week, about 16,000 people in our health care system were off sick. That is significantly higher than in ordinary periods because of COVID-19, because people do not go to work sick. And this is an important principle that puts pressure on our system. It's why we've gone, for example, in interior health that the member refers to, from about 6% in that number to about 11%, which is a massive increase on the ground. So actions are taken to ensure people are, get to, are kept safe in communities, that our health care facilities are able to provide the care they need, and in facilities that have a small number of staff people where one or two people can be critical to, the, uh, to maintaining the standard of care. If those people are away, we make changes as a result of that. But the actions that the government has taken in all of these areas are substantive. What happened today was the beginning of construction of the Burnaby Hospital Project, a hospital that was built in 1954 and has served us very well. That's an important step. It's an important step in recruiting people. We've led Canada since 2017 in the, number, in the growth in registered nurses. Admittedly, we were starting from a low base. We've led Canada, and we've just added 602 spaces. We made it easier for internationally educated nurses to work in our healthcare system. We're adding health sciences professionals and physicians around the province to help people. And we're, we're seeing, Honourable Speaker, 
In a very challenging time, our healthcare system responding in important ways, including in April, some of the, some of the weeks of surgeries, which was the highest in the history of the BC healthcare system in the midst of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. These are significant steps, they're substantive steps, and we continue to take substantive steps every single day. Leader of the third party supplemental. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Two public health emergencies indeed, and five years into this government, and we're not seeing the solutions that are being presented to them in, in, put into place. The coroner's death panel review made it very clear we need a safe supply. You want to reduce the public health emergency of the toxic drug poisoning in this province, it starts with safe supply. You want to look at the illness that we're seeing, it would be really nice to have some transparency about how much COVID is in this province and why it is that a government that is mostly wearing masks right now isn't encouraging the public to do the same. We're seeing a government that struggles to manage the operational side of governing, like unlike anything we have seen. The work, Honourable Speaker, only begins with the ribbon cutting, which this government likes to do over and over again. What is needed are working conditions for frontline staff that recognize the value of those people and the critical services that they are providing to British Columbians. The Premier likes to tout the difference between capital and operational budgets, and yet the Minister of Health thinks that the way to make people want to work in our health care system is to, quote, attract them to the public health care system by building extraordinary new facilities. Doctors and nurses want to be valued for the work that they do and the services that they provide. My question through you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Premier. Does he believe that the operational budgets in this province are sufficient to meet the basic needs of British Columbians. Minister of Health. Well, Honourable Speaker, when you talk about working conditions for healthcare workers, Honourable Speaker, getting rid of Bill 29, getting rid of Bill 94. in a single site order in long-term care. We lifted up salaries by $165 million. That's how much we are working under. We have brought, Honourable Speaker, are bringing contracts back into the public health care system. People who worked there for decades as a result of actions taken in the past, Honourable Speaker, who didn't even have a pension, worked in public health care. That is changing, and we are changing it, Honourable Speaker. We need operating support and we are delivering in that area. We need capital projects. And when I talk to doctors and nurses in Cowichan, they want a new hospital there. You better believe it. And I do too, Honourable Speaker. Member for Prince George Vailmount. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. And the Minister can stand up and raise his voice all he wants in this legislature. The Premier of British Columbia today... Members, let's, let's hear the question. Continue. The Premier of British Columbia today admitted that the health care system in this province is teetering. In fact, he is wrong. It is in full-fledged 
crisis mode. And what do British Columbians get offended about to the Minister of Tourism? They get offended by the fact that every single day in this legislature and outside it, they listen to this government giving excuse after excuse after excuse. While ERs are closing in British Columbia, and that may not matter to these members, but it matters to British Columbians, it also matters that we have exhausted nurses and doctors who are choosing to leave the system. So the minister can tout all the, the, the numbers he wants. The reality in British Columbia is this. We have a health care crisis. And not one single NDP MLA has the courage to stand up and say, we should not proceed with a billion-dollar boondoggle. And that is shame on every one of them. for the Premier to stand up to do the right thing today and recognize that while British Columbians can't get a family doctor, moving ahead with a billion-dollar boondoggle is unacceptable. Will he today withdraw the project and invest the money in health care where it should be invested? Minister of Health. Well, thank you very much, Honourable Speaker, and that is exactly what we are doing in British Columbia. If you look, Honourable Speaker, it, it, investing in health care, Honourable Speaker, investing in health care, Honourable Speaker, 190,699 people in our health care system in 2020, 222,921 today. The, the, and, and, members, and the members. And the leader of the opposition is so out of touch with our health care system, he doesn't realize that's care aides, that's health sciences professionals, that's nurses, that's doctors, Honourable Speaker, that's ambulance paramedics. That's who that is. He calls them, Honourable Speaker. The leader of the opposition calls nurses bureaucrats, Honourable Speaker. Wow. That's what he does, Honourable Speaker. Well, I don't agree with that. We need substance members. and action. And that is precisely what we're providing. 602 new nursing seats, Honourable Speaker. More new nurses, leading Canada in registered nurses, Honourable Speaker. In terms of surgeries, Honourable Speaker, and orthopedic week time, all results, Honourable Speaker. Number eight, number one, Honourable Speaker, in orthopedic surgery. Speaker, the Premier today, the Premier today again made the case on behalf of British Columbians and all Canadians, Honourable Speaker, for increases in the Canada Health Transfer. Members from Cambridge North Thompson will come to order. Because it is in everybody's interests, Honourable Speaker, for the federal government to also be part of the solution in this country. That's why he made that case. be that the B.C. Liberal Party fought for increase in the Canada Health Transfer. No more, Honourable Speaker, but we're going to continue to fight on behalf of British Columbians and Canadians to support our public health care system. The bell ends the question period.